Good morning, or perhaps it's afternoon for you witches. It's time to grab that tea or that coffee and gather around the cauldron. Welcome to the Snarky Witches Cottage, where we discuss topics about paganism, witchcraft, and all things dark and spooky. I'm your host, Jinx, and today's topic is going to be magic. What the flying monkeys is it? So sit back, relax, and let's get into it. Before we take a look and define what magic is, we should take a look at the spelling of magic. There are two mainstream spellings of magic that are out there. Of course, there are multiple versions of the spelling of magic, but we're not going to get into those. We're just going to take a look at the two that are mainstream and that you would see on an everyday occurrence. The first would be magic with just a C. This is defined as an illusion that is performed by an illusionist. The audience, the person, what have you not, that is viewing this magic is aware that it is not real, that it is fake. Magic with a K is defined as an art of utilizing natural forces around us to bring about change. It is neither good nor evil. The practitioner of the magic will decide how they like to focus that natural energy. So is the K new or is the K old? Does it date back to you before the burning times when the world was populated with nothing but happy little heathen pagans? Or is it something newer used to distinguish witches and paganism from stage magic. Well, the K is neither old nor is it new. It's somewhere right in the middle. Aleister Crowley is the one that actually added the K to magic to distinguish it between stage magic and magic where we are causing a change to occur by our will. So we've defined magic with a C and magic with a K. But what does magic mean when it comes to witches? That is a very excellent question. You could go out tomorrow and ask 20 different witches what magic means to them. And you'll probably get 21 different answers. I know, that seems like a mathematical improbability, but it's been known to happen. I've seen it happen. Magic is an individual's path, and each individual sees things in a different light. I see things different than the witch next door to me, and the witch next door to me sees things differently than her mother who raised her to be a witch. And that's perfectly all right. The great thing about witchcraft, paganism, and all that fun jazz is that there is never never a 100% correct way to celebrate or do things. Somebody may nudge you and say, this is the right way to do it, but there's probably a better or a different way that you could do things. 
So, what does magic mean to me? Well, magic is an energy out there. I can feel it. I can't see it. But what I do is I take this energy, I shape it, I define it, I add my own little kick to it, and then I send it out into the universe or to a deity to be manifested. Now, like I said, that doesn't mean that the witch next door to me is going to see magic in the same way, which is fine. Another thing that I see when it comes to magic is magic is neutral. Magic does not have a specific color. It's neither good nor evil, black nor white. It simply is. The practitioner, the individual, the witch, is the one that defines it. And even then, I'm not 100% sure, which is fine. And within my belief system, another thing is, is that I 100% believe that everybody has and can perform magic. If you read my anti-snark article on November 3rd, 2019, why I hate the term muggle, you may get this. I despise the term muggle. It makes me grit my teeth every time I hear or see it. It is the most pretentious thing I could ever see a witch say about an individual that may be walking down the street. Because in my belief system, everybody has performed magic. It is your will being sent out into the universe for a deity or a being to manifest on your behalf. So every time somebody has prayed, made a wish upon a fallen star, blown out birthday candles, these in my eyes are forms of magic and they're as legitimate as me doing a high ceremonial ritual on a full moon. The only difference is I am fully aware and conscious about what I'm doing versus the individual that's just walking down the street. So within my belief system, I hate the term muggle. But at the same time, I have to acknowledge that not every witch is going to agree with me about what is defined magic, which is okay. So in our first segment, we talked about magic with a C and magic with a K. And then we discussed what I personally believe when it comes to magic. In this segment, we're going to discuss the different techniques of magic. Now, we're not going to cover all of them. There is a lot. We're mainly going to cover a couple of the heavy hitters. Mind you, these are not your everyday magic. This is something that's going to require effort, energy, research, and perhaps even a circle if that's something that you choose to do. One of the first techniques of magic that we're going to discuss is banishing. This is getting rid of an entity, a person, an idea, a habit, or anything else that you can think of out of your life. This is something that you want gone yesterday, not today, not tomorrow, 
but yesterday. The next technique is purification. Usually within the pagan community, you're going to be hearing this referred to as cleansing or smudging more often than not. This is done with a witch's preferred herb. Personally me, I prefer smudging with rosemary, but most often you'll see people smudging and are cleansing with white sage, mainly because it's readily available in most Wicca or occult shops. Consecration. The Catholic Church does not have a monopoly on consecration. Witches can use consecration as a form of magic. Basically, you're making something holy, be it a space or a house. It is really up to you. The next that we're going to talk about is astral travel. Yes, this is most definitely a form of magic. You're using energy to travel on or you're traveling as energy. So yes, astral travel is definitely a form of magic. Next, we will be talking about alchemy. So alchemy is magic, but it's also not magic. It really depends on what sort of alchemy you're performing. When it comes to alchemy, there is a scientific way of performing alchemy. Because let's be honest, most science these days is changing one thing into another, which is alchemy. Or there's the magical way, which is often seen within like, for example, the Jewish cabal or the Golden Dawn. So, we also have divination as a form of magic. So, when you're using divination, you're reading tea leaves, you're throwing rune stones, you're throwing I Ching, you're reading tarot cards, but please don't do the intestines of a cow. That just makes for a lot of cleanup work for you. But yes, divination is a form of magic because you're receiving messages from the universe, a deity, the world. Other forms of magic can include high ceremonial magic. High ceremonial magic is something that is most definitely going to take a lot of work and energy. High ceremonial magic is not something you're going to cast on a day-to-day -day basis. And if you do cast it on a day-to-day -day basis, you clearly have way too much time on your hands. High ceremonial magic is usually something defined as you are performing a circle, you have done a lot of research, you know what day of the week it is, what moon phase, where things are lined up astrology-wise, and a bunch of other whole bunch of rigmarole I can't even get into. I do not perform high ceremonial magic. It takes way too much time, way too much effort, way too much research that I don't want to deal with. So you also have elemental magic. With elemental magic, this can be broken down into multiple things. It can be broken down into not magic, which is seen as an earth form magic. There's candle magic, which is fire. 
There's wind magic and there's water magic, such as scrying for both. So scrying, of course, also falls under divination, but it can fall under elemental magic as well. And along with elemental magic, you have folk magic, you also have chaos magic, and there is an ongoing list of a bunch of different other magics that can be considered part of the magic techniques. But now we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk about the everyday magic that you can perform. So what is everyday magic? Well, everyday magic is magic that takes minutes or yes, even seconds to perform and generally does not require a circle to be cast. Everyday magic is the simple things. These are the little things that everybody can do with just a few moments. So, what does everyday magic look like? Well, everyday magic can look like blessing your coffee so that your coworker Candy doesn't eat your freaking lunch out of the break room refrigerator again for the 20th time or that your boss leaves you the hell alone about a project that has an upcoming due date. It can also include lighting a candle just for lost loved ones that you simply want to remember or light their way. You can also bless your laundry detergent so your clothing brings peace and serenity and maybe a soothing comfort feeling as you wear it. It can also include using specific herbs while you cook in a meal that you're making for yourself or loved ones. You could also have everyday magic by just wearing a satchel filled with herbs and stones that comfort you or even carry specific stones. Please do not hot glue stones on your steering wheel. You'll make a claim or mine if your airbag ever explodes. Carry your stones, please. I've seen images where some lady hot glued gems onto her steering wheel. That's not safe. So, also, everyday magic could be a blessing that you have over your door. So, everyday magic is just the simple things. Really, you don't always need to do a big ritual or a big spell to be a witch. You're still a witch even if you go about your days and always do everyday magic. Or, you're still considered a witch if you don't do everyday magic and you don't do, you know, high ceremonial magic, but you just do divination, you can be a witch and practice magic any way you wish. And just because somebody doesn't necessarily agree with the way that you practice magic doesn't mean that they're right and you're wrong. Don't let anybody ever tell you that you have to be a witch 
and you have to do high ceremonial magic to be a witch. Or you're a bad witch if you don't know the phases of the moon. Or you don't know what planet means what. Or you don't have a bunch of herbs or stones in your house. Some Joe does not get to define who you are as a witch and define what magic you get to practice. As I said in the beginning, magic is a personal path. So you get to define what you are as a witch and what sort of magic you want to practice. Thank you for listening to the Snarky Witch's Cottage podcast about what is magic. We apologize for the volume and echoing differences that occurred because this is our first podcast we have ever recorded. And of course, there's going to be some errors that occur. Let's hope that we get better as time goes on. So next week, we're going to take a look at how to craft a spell and what needs to go into it. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the brew in your cauldron never burn and your broom never splinter. Until next time, witches.